You are listening to the End Time Podcast. We live in a time when there has been so much truth and so much deceit heralded as the Word of God. A time when the word prophet can stir so many controversial thoughts, heated conversations, and conflicted feelings. But Holy Scripture says to believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. This special series of episodes is a discussion around these thoughts and feelings. What makes a true prophet, and do they still exist? It is possible to tell the difference between the truth and the false. What is the characteristics of a true prophet and his prophecies? Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this episode. When a prophet would come and speak something, just like Elijah would speak, we mentioned in the story of Micaiah, he said something, and that was the precedent from there on, and everything had to build from that. And when Jesus Christ came, even he was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He was the ultimate prophet. He was the ultimate culmination of it all. But he was bringing now a change, a change of dispensation. So he was bringing something now that everything up to that point, built to that point, but there was something more that was there that would now become, you know, the precedent. You can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. And Moses says, The Lord thy God shall raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him shall you hearken. Now, just going back to what you referred to, Brother Andrew, as the absolute, the prophet became um, the one that God wanted us to see. To hear the words, he was. This was the same as God speaking. And uh, in in verse sixteen and and seventeen, Moses refers to the incident that we refer to in in Deuteron in Exodus chapter twenty, where he says that was the day in the Mount Horeb. They said, "Don't let me hear the voice of the Lord thy God. Don't let me see that I die." And the Lord said unto him, "They have well spoken, that which they've spoken." And he refers back to the prophetic office again in verse 18. He says, I will raise up unto them a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. So look at the confidence that God has in this prophetic office. Everything I tell him, he's going to speak it to you. And he says, and it's the way I've chosen to do it. The people, this is what they wanted. This is the way that they can receive it. If they can receive it, this is, is the same as God speaking to me. So this is, this is referring not just to Moses, but it's referring now to the prophets that would come and the ultimate prophet, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He would say in verse 19, It shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which I speak in my name, I will require it of him. So now we recognize the seriousness of, of hearing and receiving him who God has sent, of, of seeing a true word prophet, somebody that's speaking for God. It may not go with the influences of the day, the political voices. It may not go with the attitudes of the people, but it is God's word speaking. And, and sometimes it's not pleasant. And other times, it, it, it's directive and it, it, it calls out sin. And it, 
but it's yet it's God speaking and God desiring to bring his people unto himself. Another part I could add, unless someone else wants to jump in. Now, a prophet is is a messenger to an age or is set up at a at a moment where he's bringing the word for his day. And many times he'll come in a moment where there's questions or there's things that need to be interpreted. And when a prophet comes, what he says about the word of God, so when Micaiah would come, he couldn't say anything that the prophet before him, you know, anything different. There's, there's a really good example of that, Brother John, and, and you can go into the book of Isaiah. And, and the book of Isaiah, you know, Isaiah actually is a, one of the major prophets of the Bible. The book of Isaiah is 66 chapters. And the Bible is 66 books. And if you take Isaiah, it, it, it starts in the beginning and then it goes and it prophesies in chapter 7 and 9 about the birth of Jesus. It comes right to the end. It prophesies of the millennium that would come. But in Isaiah chapter 40, and this is actually where we see a prophet speaking of another prophet to come. And uh, he would say these words see, in Isaiah 40, verse 3. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And it says, every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. Now, if you would read that, and, and you'd think, you think, wow, this prophet's going to change the landscape. He's going he's to take mountains and he's going to do all of these things and he's going to renovate the earth and everything. But it's a spiritual that he's talking about here. And he's talking about what the conditions were that John the Baptist came into. So, so because if, if you go now and they ask John the Baptist, who are you? And he just goes back to what Isaiah said, I'm the voice of him crying in the wilderness. And, 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 and if you'd actually go back and look at that, then you could see and say, this is prophetic. This is God fulfilling his word. This is God doing these things. This is God uprooting the religious systems of the day. This is God changing the, the, the traditions that are there. Because John was, a, was, would, was the one that spoke. He came out from all of that. He had to be that in order to fulfill this scripture. So that, that's a really good way of bringing it in the continuity of, of a prophet and, and the identification of them in the word of God as, as God had already foretold it. John the Baptist is such an incredible example because John the Baptist's ministry, number one, is very short. And he doesn't perform, we don't see any healings, any great miracles, any really great prophecies far off in the distance. But yet he was such a word prophet that he was able to bring the word for his day so precisely in the moment and, and so rightly divided. And he did exactly what Isaiah prophesied he would do. He did absolutely renovate the spiritual landscape. As for 400 years... It was very much the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the, the different sects of the Jews that had made their different religious 
walks and he came and said, the ax is laid to the root of the tree. We're, we're cutting it down. You know, if you don't bear fruit, it's going to be throwing the, throwing the fire. And, and he just brought it out in that way. And then, and then the disciples of John, cause even John had disciples that began to recognize him and follow him who he was. And when John was in prison, they came to Jesus and said, John said, you know, cause even as a prophet, a prophet down there in that prison, he began to become discouraged. And he began to say, are, are you really the one? Jesus, are you really the one? Because John was sent to forerun the ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he begins to say, and they, they bring the question to Jesus, and in Matthew chapter 11, they begin to ask Jesus and say, uh, John had heard in, in the prison the works of Christ, and we sent to his disciples. He said, art thou the one that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again these things which you do hear and see. Now, Jesus, who is God walking in human flesh, this is always so striking to me personally because he doesn't turn around and immediately and sharply rebuke John. He has such confidence in the gift that's in John's life. He doesn't try and re-preach the word to John. He says, just go show him what's being done. John will see... This is the word for the day. John will know it. He, he, he has confidence in that. Even though, and John knew so much, you know, he didn't come out of the the prison and preaching, you know, oh, Jesus, he's not the one because he's not doing what I thought he'd do. It was all for nothing. No, but he goes right to the word, Jesus Christ, which is what a prophet does. A prophet goes right to the word of God and says, what is the truth? And John laid that out exactly. He went right to the word of God and said, is this the truth? And Jesus said, yeah, just come look. Come show him what's going on here. And he'll see it for himself. And he says, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Go back to something that Brother Max said before. And it's regarding the gift of prophecy. And um, so the gift of prophecy is something that's an inspiration and it's given of God and and such. But there are times when, when God is doing something very important. Brother John alluded to the message to a time frame and he sends someone to that, Jeremiah being one that was ordained of God and, and it said it, not just to Israel but a prophet to the nations. So it was at the time of, of Babylon and it was at the time and he prophesied of all these things. So um so there there is if i can say it this way there's times that god is uh, very much focused on this one individual that's speaking to a nation at a time elijah was speaking to the nation at a time of the most wicked king which was ahab but but it was so ordained of god it was so important and god had his attention on it and, and, and you'd have to say, even as the words of Jesus said here, what did you go out to see? A prophet? And, and he's asking them, this is Israel, who knew the prophets. He said, yes, that was a prophet. And then he said, but I say unto you, more than a prophet. So he had a, a, a special task. He was very specially aligned. And, and uh, you know, we could, we could get into the whole thought of, 
uh, there's a much greater thought here in which we'll hold back on, but uh, you could get into the thought of what we call major prophets. And, and prophets, you could say Moses was a major prophet. You, you, you could say Elijah was a major prophet. And, and I use these two as just an example because God would take the spirit of Moses and the spirit of Elijah and he would find it so faithful and so pertinent and so accomplished what he did that he actually reserved a place in the book of Revelations for Moses and Elijah to come again to the children of Israel. It's exciting. It makes, it makes the Bible alive. It's real. And it's not just history, but it's God interwoven in the pages, in the past, in the present, and in the future. And, and so, you know, you, a prophet is, is, is someone who is, if I can say it, he's, he's from like his brethren, but he's lifted into the presence of God. And he's lifted into the presence of God and he sees the word of God spread out over time. He comes back down and he speaks. Uh, having seen all of that, he speaks what he saw, irrelevant to what, what is, is the situation there. But he speaks the portion that God has allocated to him. So, you know, you, you, you could say this, these are key messengers. There, there's intervals and junctions where God would use these messengers in a special way. And uh, we, we just identified two of them. And again, like I said, there's a whole portion. But, but Jesus himself in his words said, this was more than a prophet. It highlights where, you know, going to the very beginning of what you stated here today, which was the time we live in, where there are so many voices, prophetic voices, and this one's a prophet and that one's a prophet. Well, if we examine it in the light of what God does, uh, you can see how it's very sovereign, it's very sacred. And, uh, and that's not to take away from the other gifts, the prophecies and things, but a real word prophet. You know, if I can, if I can go back to, to one element here, and this is in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18, and it's just after um, Moses. Is, you know, the, if you take the book of Deuteronomy, these are Moses' last words on earth. It's, it's in the last month of Israel before they cross the River Jordan and go into the new land. So he's speaking this to a generation. And, and he speaks, as we said, that God would raise a prophet. He's actually speaking of Jesus Christ. And he's speaking about God's order. And he's saying that you know, he, he gives such an affirmative. He says, it shall come to pass, whosoever shall not hearken unto my words, which he will speak, I will require it of him. Now, the very next verses, he also gives a warning. And he says, But that prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet will die. So now he's talking about uh, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There's a true, but here it's showing this is the false. And he'll say, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, this is in verse 22, and the thing follows not nor comes to pass, the thing that the Lord has spoken, that prophet has spoken presumptuously, you shall not be afraid of him. So even back then, 
It, it was identifying the spirit of God on a true vessel and the spirit of God on a false prophet. And um, there was a manifestation of it right in the time of Moses and uh, an anointed prophet and uh, uh, a religious prophet. That prophet was Balaam. <laughs> and it fits so perfectly with what you said and the, the, the way you brought that out and how a prophet operates. And one that's able to come up and see in the realms of God and come down regardless of what's happening in our realm to be able to speak what he saw. And, and to look into the example of Balaam and Moses and draw a comparison so beautifully types that out. It might be a, a bit of a tangent here, but I don't know. But um, I'm talking about prophets, and the one tonight, I mean, we've spoken lots about prophets, and I just want to, if we can divert a little bit to the, the side of how are they received when they come. Because there's a part, and if you look through the Bible, of all the prophets come and, you know, you have Moses, you have Noah, you have different ones, right? But how are they received? <laughs> are they always accepted that everyone is so happy to hear them? And, you know, how are they received? As, and I'll just interject here before Brother Ed jumps in, but as we talked about even Moses, who spoke lip to ear with God, who God raised up to say, you'll be a God and these men... Aaron will be your prophet. and There was still men in those days. There was still a Dathan and Korah. There was still Aaron and, and Miriam who decided to pick apart his personal life. There was still Dathan and Korah who decided to say, you think you're the only one. We're holy men. Even though God raised him up to that level, there's still people that won't see it that won't accept it. Just like John the Baptist, he had disciples. He absolutely, he preached, he rearranged, he did things. He came and baptized. Where was that in the Old Testament? Right. But now he's bringing this out and there's people going, I don't want anything to do with this. This guy, he's just another one coming from the wilderness. But there was disciples that said, he's got something in him. This is real. There was even ones when Jesus was there that when he preached, as long as he was feeding 5,000 plus women and children, 4,000 plus women and children, as long as he was doing these mighty miracles and healing the sick and going on, people loved it and they followed him. But as soon as he stood up and began to preach the word for the day, they began to say, I don't know if I can do that. But that's exactly how a prophet always be be received because as we said he's, he's not influenced by the political landscape of the day he's not influenced by the popular opinion of the day he's influenced by what god says like like we read in deuteronomy chapter 18 where it says all that i command him he'll he'll speak right yeah showing god's confidence in that messenger and that you know, Jesus would even refer refer to it this way. He says, um, and it would say, he that receives him whom I send, 
receives me. And uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's wonderful. Um, the, the one part to add to what you just said, Brother Max, that is um, how the prophets were, were received. Uh, the book of Chronicles is, uh, is, is, is a historical book. It talks about the book of Kings and the Chronicles are both a history of Israel. But in the last chapter of Second Chronicles, and that's chapter 36, verse 15 and 16, it, it shows the heart of God to his people and yet how they received what God was meaning for them. And it would say this, And the Lord God of their father sent to them his messengers, rising up and sending, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words. They misused his prophets until the Lord, until the wrath of God rose upon the people, till there was no remedy. So, so it, was, it was God's grace to them, but because it was a foreign voice sometimes, it was so contrary to the popular opinion that they, they despised his words, they misused them, and finally God said, I, I, I can't help you. So what, what a blessed thing to be able to receive a prophet and, and what, a, what, a, what a terrible thing to, to miss it. The Bible says in Matthew 10, verse 39, he, 40 and 41, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Thank you so much for joining us today at the End Time Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at etpodcast at etmtab.com or follow us on Instagram at End Time Podcast. God bless you. Till next time.